Subscribe to Inclusion Revolution Radio wherever you can get podcasts. This is Stacking the Box with NFL insider Matt Berteram and Mark Carmen. Stack in the Box, Tuesday, March 30th. It is your friends, Mark Herman, Matt Berteram. We've got an NFL agent coming up here. Hopefully I don't mess up the name her. Molly McManamy, right, Matt Berteram, coming yes, up sure. here? Uh, up and comer and going to dominate the league. We'll talk to Molly in about 10 minutes. But we do want to start uh, two big pieces of news this week. Number one, it's official, 17 games. I don't think anyone's surprised by that. The 49ers, Dolphins, and Eagles, though, getting together on a huge trade with San Francisco aggressively moving up to number three to take who? I don't exactly know, which is the interesting part of this, because there's no real consensus for him on who the third-best quarterback in the draft is, right? So this is no. interesting. It is interesting. Look, so here, it just in case you were, in case you were living under a rock last weekend or, or last Friday, Basically, what happened was the Niners and the Dolphins executed a trade Friday afternoon. The Niners go from 12 to 3. The Dolphins then went, obviously, from 3 to 12. They picked up first-round picks from the 49ers in 2022 and 2023, and they also got a third-round pick in 2022. They got a boatload to move back nine spots. I get it. The Niners had to give it up because they were moving up for a quarterback, and the Dolphins knew that, so it makes sense, but it's a lot. Then, 34 minutes later, the Dolphins execute another trade with the Eagles where they go from 12 to six and give up a first round pick next year, their own first round pick next year to the Eagles. Eagles move from six to 12. Okay. So that's where we stand. Um, as far as the quarterbacks go, and Ian Rappaport tweeted this out and then immediately deleted it. Cause I'm guessing somebody in Philadelphia had a, had a, a lot of words for his year. He's like, well, they would have, the Eagles would have gone up and, and, and got up for Zach Wilson. But uh, once they realized they couldn't get Zach Wilson, then they decided to trade back, immediately deleted it. And then it was like, well, there's, there's shades of gray to that. Look, the reality is, and I get why Ian did that. And I'm not knocking him by any stretch, but if the Eagles could have gotten Zach Wilson, they apparently would have. Uh, I know I've talked to a source close to the Eagles who says, you know what? We're fine playing Jalen Hurts. We like him. We think he has a lot of upside, but we're not married to him. We want to see how it plays out. Um, I think they did the right thing by moving back. I think the Dolphins certainly did the right thing. They got a ton of picks. For the 49ers, and I'm going to write a long column uh, either tomorrow or Thursday on Fansided about this. You trade up to that level, you better be right. I don't care. I don't care who it is. Mac Jones, Trey Lance, Justin Fields. It's going to be one of those three guys. Whoever it is, you better be right. And I will say this, man. If you're taking Mac Jones, you really better be right. Because I think a lot of people feel like that's a pretty big reach at three. Yeah, I I don't think they're taking Mac Jones. And his pro day, by the way, is today. And I saw the Chicago Bears are checking out Mac Jones along with everybody I else. They are. Uh, but, I mean, I think that Justin Fields makes the most sense here. He was working closely with Kyle Shannon and, there, you know, that in his quarterback collective. So when you try to look at who's got the most upside here, I think it is Fields and Shanahan has been great at developing quarterbacks and you wouldn't make a move like this unless you thought you were getting a star. And to me, like Mac Jones might be a capable quarterback, but Fields is the only one that really – 
to me, at least you could peg with the capability of stardom. I don't know. Does that, does that seem fair? I think it's look, whenever you start talking about quarterbacks in the first round, everybody talks about Trevor Lawrence for three years as being the number one pick in this draft. Fine. Look, if he goes bust in Jacksonville, then that that's, it, it is what it is. The Jaguars have to take Trevor Lawrence. Zach Wilson at this point has separated himself as the number two. I will say this. I've talked to a scout who's, who's been in many roles in the league. I can't say which ones who would kind of give it away, but there's been in many roles in the league for over 25 years, some very high roles who looks at Wilson and sees the talent everybody else sees, but also says played behind a great offensive line at BYU had a really good system, never got touched, never had to throw the ball under pressure. What does that look like when that changes and he's on a team like the Jets? Then what? And I will say, I for clarity and transparency, I throw on the very end about a team like the Jets because at that point it wasn't sure where he wasn't sure where he'd go. Um, but he had he had real concerns about you know did he just play in a perfect situation? I had the same concerns about Mac Jones. Underdog Fantasy is the fastest growing fantasy app and easiest place to play fantasy sports. Just jump on underdogfantasy.com or download the app, draft your team, and that's it. And if drafts aren't your thing, they also have a pick'em game where you can win 20 times your money in a single night. Use promo code RADIO, and Underdog will double your first deposit when you sign up with up to $100 in bonus cash. Deposit $100? Get $100 free. That's promo code RADIO. Terms and conditions apply. Great line. Four first-round receivers and Nick Saban. Like, do we think Mac Jones is really that good? Like, I, I look at Mac Jones and see a guy who pretty much is playing in a constant seven-on-seven drill. Like, I don't, I don't know. I if I if I had the third pick, I think Trey Lance has the highest upside of any of these guys. Now, I also think he's played one game in two years because of the pandemic. He in North Dakota State. So you could also argue he's got the lowest floor. But if I'm going to three, I'm taking the guy who I think could be the best of those guys because I don't I don't want steady. No offense. That's what the Bears did with Trubisky. There was that whole, well, you know, he's got a floor that's higher than the rest. He said, who cares? I want a guy who's got a ceiling. <laughs> yeah, I hate that you had to bring up good old number 10 who's it getting ready to dominate in Buffalo. Uh, but, yes, you you – there is a reason why you are a scout slash general manager and you get paid the big bucks. It's your ability to evaluate quarterbacks when you get the shot at it. And if you get it right, then you're a hero and you've got a lifetime contract. If you get it wrong, you're going to get fired. Like Ryan Pace is going to get fired at, at the end of the season. Uh, so it's interesting. And look, I, I think the Eagles loading up draft picks makes a whole lot of sense. The 49ers moving up to get a quarterback that they really want if indeed they, you know, if they have that level of conviction, you got to do things like that. Uh, and it's interesting that for at least right now, they're hanging on to Garoppolo for the dolphins. That's where it feels wonky, but maybe you just don't think anybody at three is as good as Tua, or you just flat out, just believe in Tua still, which I'm not exactly sure how I, they do, but they, but it seems like they do. I, I think this is very obvious with the Dolphins. They are giving Tua this year to show what he's got. There is no Ryan Fitzpatrick this year. They're not yanking him in the third quarter if he's playing like crap. Okay, He's going to play. And that's a pretty good team around him. It's not a great team, but it's a good team. That's a team that could certainly be a playoff team. Okay, Very well coached. They've got picks in his draft, obviously, to build around him. 
if he goes out there and stinks, the Dolphins have three first-rounders over the next two years. That's more than enough to go trade up and get another quarterback, especially yep. if you factor in trading him so they even have more ammunition, right? Or even, you know, we'll obviously have to wait and see what happens with Deshaun Watson, but potentially there as well. Um, they are set up. And I'd say the Eagles are doing the same thing with Jalen Hurts. Here's your year. What do you got? Make us believe in the future with you. Otherwise, we're going to have at least two first-rounders, maybe three, depending on how the Carson Wentz deal works out with the, with the Colts. So, to me, Jalen Hurts and Tua, one-year deals right now, essentially. Now, I, you, people could say, well, that's crazy. These are second-year kids. Welcome to the NFL in 2021. That is the way it's going to be. I would expect that both these guys are going to get a fair run this year. We'll see where they're at. For the Niners, they can say all they want. They're trading Jimmy Garoppolo. I don't care. They can leak it to the end of time. Oh, no, we love Jim- No, you don't. You don't love Jimmy Garoppolo. If you did, you wouldn't have traded three first-round picks to go get his replacement. You're desperate to move on from Jimmy Garoppolo. And all these leaks are doing is trying to drive up the price. The absolute second some team calls them and is like, hey, here's two top 100 picks, deal. Deal yesterday, deal the day before that. I will be shocked if he's in San Francisco come week one. Absolutely full-on shocked. Where do you think he'll be? Give me your best. Give me the further M. What's that? New England. Okay. Everyone thinks New England. And and I'll throw out another team here just to be – Denver. Sure. It would make sense. John Elway has a relationship with John Lynch. John Lynch played in Denver for years. Okay. Obviously has a relationship with Kyle Shanahan, having, of course, played under Mike Shanahan. Denver is a team – they're another one. We love Drew Locke. We believe – no, you don't. No, you don't. Drew Locke stinks. I, let's just call it what – Drew Locke stunk last year. You know who do the most picks in the league? You probably know where I'm going with this. Drew Locke. Okay? Uh, if, they can, if they can get Garoppolo for a, for a decent price, they'll do now, – now, that's the caveat. What would they give up? Right? Like, I, he's, not the, he's not worth their first-round pick. He's not worth the top 10, 12 pick. Right. I'm more entertained by Verderam just you going over the top here, just telling people who you love and who you don't love. You do not love that person. You are a straight liar. I am reading the tea leaves. I am Verderam. Don't, don't. Do you, do you think the Niners love Jimmy Garoppolo? Uh, no. Yes. Of kind not. of. Sort of. Get out. Of course not. They, they, first of all, they were willing to move off him for Brady last year, which fine. Fair enough. Like that's not a huge knock. It's Tom Brady, but it's not they, a knock at all. They traded heaven and earth to get rid of Jimmy Garoppolo as their starter. And, and look, in today's day and age, with how valuable it is to have a quarterback on a rookie deal, you're going to waste a year of that to play behind Jimmy Garoppolo. And I can already hear people saying, well, you know, but Verran, the Packers, you know, they, they drafted Jordan Love. Yes, to, behind Aaron Rodgers at 28, I believe the pick was. Not three, not and three, it- not Jimmy Garoppolo. And it was moronic. All right, let's let's talk seventeen game schedule. It was, yeah. I, 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 it absolutely was, uh, and they should all be fired for that in Green Bay, even though they had a good year. Could have been a better year if you'd gotten them a little bit of help. But so, seventeen game schedule. By the year twenty forty, we'll probably be playing a twenty six game schedule. <laughs> let's just play every week. I guess nobody ever argues against more football, but. You are, let's just not talk about player safety. Clearly, 
No one cares about player safety. You want to act like you care about player safety. It's kind of the same conversation you're having about fake love with Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, what I, I, I just don't think uh, at, at the end of the day, like a 16 game schedule always felt perfect to me. It's what I've had my entire life, but now we're going to 17. I'm sure that'll feel normal too. I mean, how soon until we go to 18 for real on that one, really within the, within the decade. And I would, and if you said the over under five years, I'd say it's probably about right, but I might even take the under the NFL. When they signed the new CBA with the players union okay, last March, there was a clause in there that they could, they could trigger a 17 game season without consulting the league. By signing that CBA, the players essentially signed off on it so they can complain now all they want, but they sealed their fate a year ago. That cake was baked a year ago. This was always going to happen. The owners were not going to turn down revenue, okay? And the players will get their salaries prorated, and they'll get paid for 17 games, and they'll get rid of one preseason game, which for starters I don't think matters a whole hell of a lot, but it is what it is. Look, as someone who does care about player safety, okay, I, I don't I don't love it from that standpoint, but as someone who also grew up just a fan of the game and remains a fan of the game, I love it. It's more football. It's more football. <laughs> and and look, I'm just real talk with this. If you were so damn concerned about player safety as the union, then why the hell did you put it in the in the CBA? Because you wanted more money. That's it. Like so stop whining about it. Like well, we have to play 17 games. You as a union had a majority vote on the collective bargaining agreement and agreed to it. And yes, 18 games. Oh, that's coming. That's coming real soon because they're not going to be doing this crap where they're rotating nine and eight and eight. And that, that, that's not going to happen. They're going to, they're going to play this out for a few years. They're going to go back to the table. They are going to have to give something to the union for that because that is not in the closet. They're going to actually have to bargain that collectively again, but they'll go to the union and say, look, we'll bump up your percentage of point, point and a half. We'll give you some of the streaming revenue that maybe we're not already giving you. We'll we'll relax some some restrictions on what you can and can't do during the offseason. And then, boom, 18 games. It'll be here for you now. So I don't begrudge any athlete what they make. You made it to the most exclusive country club on the planet. You are in the top one-tenth of one percent. Good That's for right. you. You should get paid. Congratulations. However, what I do care about or at least try to care about and the ship has sailed and it's been out of the dock for at least a decade, if not two decades now. But I always hope that like, you know what, maybe things will kind of return back to normal and people that go to sporting events will actually start paying dollars more similar to what I, what I used to pay when I was a kid and it wouldn't cost an arm and a leg. If they add in all these things, 17 game schedule, 18 games, None of that ever happens. Not it never benefits the fans. It as far as going to games, there's more football on no. TV. But what does that exactly look like? And they and we keep on end of the day, we keep on forking it over, and that greed train is just is going to keep going because no doubt. So listen, it, they're not going to yeah. lower prices ever. No. They're going to and if you're the NFL. Now you also, by the way, as a hidden bonus to this, as we keep expanding the season, they're not going to start it earlier. They're going to play it later. They're just working toward President's Day weekend for the Super Bowl. I mean, that, right. that's really another big part. Something you probably do know. Progressive can not only offer you a great price when you bundle home and auto, they offer you round-the-clock protection. Something you probably don't know? The average garage door is made up of 1.3-millimeter aluminum panels. Something you probably do know? Your neighbor likes to tinker with his dirt bike. Something you probably don't know? A runaway dirt bike can take out your garage door and a good portion of your car bumper. 
Bundle your home and auto with Progressive and get more than a great price. Get round-the-clock protection. Something you know for the things you don't know. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company, affiliates, and third-party insurers and subject to policy terms. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. Part of this. But you know what? For everyone who's complaining about it, I am a traditionalist. I am. By nature, I, I'm somebody who I like things to stay the way they are in terms of my sports. Uh, like, I, like for an example, the NBA with their stupid uniform patches I, it makes me want to just set every uniform there is on fire. It drives me out of my mind. Oh, it's the Cavs, and it's sponsored by Goodyear. Like, are you kidding me? You're the Cleveland Cavaliers. You need a, you need a, more ad, ad revenue? Get lost. The NFL ever does that, you'll hear, you'll hear me go off for four hours about it. But uh, It's coming. Oh, I, I know it is. But – I don't have a problem with more. I love football. And there's only 16 games now, of course, 17. You know, but baseball is 162 games. Like if baseball was like we're expanding to 180 games, it'd be like, oh my God, that's the last thing we need. Football, there's only 16 games. I'll take another weekend of football. It's like everybody bitching about the wild card weekend last year. Oh, they're going to seven teams. Who was complaining when you got two triple headers on a January week and it was 10 degrees outside? Nobody. Right. No doubt. And, uh, it is at the end of every NFL season. It's like, that went quick. That's how, we, that's how it always feels. Matt Verner, we have a special guest today, NFLPA certified agent Molly McManamy. Hi, Molly. Did I get it right? Yes, you nailed it. Good job. Thank you so much for joining <laughs> us. I know you've known Matt for a long time, so uh, my condolences on that. Uh, but thank you so much for joining us. Uh, Matt, why don't you talk about your relationship with Molly and why we're so happy to excited and excited to have her on today. No, I just, I, I've got to know Molly over the last few years, uh, friendly face at the senior bowl at the, uh, the combine. Uh, so, you know, listen, you start to go to enough of these events, you start to see the same people over and over and over. And believe me, um, and I'm sure Molly can attest to this, you know, when you're at the JW Marriott bar for the fourth straight night and you see somebody who you recognize, it's like, Oh, okay. At least it's someone I recognize because half the time you're at the bar and you're like, is that an NFL person? Is that just somebody here on business? Like some people wear their garb all the time. Like they always have the Rams jacket on. You're like, okay, you know, you become kind of familiar with that. But then there's somebody there that like they could be somebody in the NFL, maybe not. You know, so uh, but uh, over the years, uh, as as we all travel the same circuits, um, you kind of get to know people. And so uh, Molly's one of the agents I've gotten to know and, and respect, and uh, thought it'd be fun to have her on. And, and Molly, with that. Um, I guess, you know, first of all, just to kind of introduce you uh, to the audience, you've been an agent now for how many years? So I'm going um, into four years. So about, about three and a half, four, you get your official certification about October every year. So I took the test in 2017 and was officially certified in that October. So going on four years, but been in the business for about um, two years more than that. I started while I was in law school. So I kind of got a head start on the business before I was able to get actually certified and take on my own clients. So been with my agency care sports for uh, going on six years and then an agent for four. So you are based out of Las Vegas. Uh, you grew up in Arizona. Just give a little background for everybody uh, in doing a little bit of research for this. I found out you wanted to be an agent since you were 19. Mm-hmm. Uh when you were in community college and then went to long beach and went to Chapman for your law degree. Um, what was it about being an agent that you were like, you know what, that would be fun. That's what I'd like to do for a career. Well, I think like most people, I'm sure you guys as well, it all starts from a love of sports. And even though that's kind of what brings us all here, that's just, it's not enough to keep you in the business. You have to have bigger 
reasons as to why you want to do whatever you want to do in sports. And so it initially was just how can I find a career where I get to be around, talk about, just in, immerse myself in football. And obviously as a woman, there's not much opportunity to play growing up or get involved in that capacity. So for me, it was, okay, what are my other interests to marry those things with my love for football? So I was sitting down with my dad's corporate attorney at the time when I was 19 on vacation in New York. And um, I had always had an interest in going to law school. So I asked her just kind of picking her brain, what do you think about a career in sports and law? And she said, well, most agents are lawyers, so you should look into that. And I immediately went home from that trip and looked up how to become an agent. I think I literally typed that into Google and I found out you have to take the NFLPA exam. So um, seeing that I needed an advanced degree anyway to take the exam, I knew that I had to go to law school first. So went to law school and um, kind of veered away from this for a little bit, but was lucky enough that my boss Steve found me and started working for him. And it all just kind of came into fruition in a really just fortunate way, because most people have to really, you know, bob and weave their way through the industry before they land where they actually want to be. So I was very lucky in that way. And, and yeah, I was able to see it through pretty quickly. It is time for us to get rich. Hang tight. We'll be right with you. It's Stacking the Box. You know, I want to ask you, because I don't think I've ever asked you this in any capacity, but, um, you know, for you, obviously, you know, you, you work over with Steve Carrick. He's been an agent for a long time. He's very respected and established. And a great guy. Um, you know, but getting into the business, the re- one of the reasons I wanted to have you on is I think for people who listen to the podcast and people who read our, our work, like I think it's, it's not easy to always get a behind-the-scenes look at what the NFL is like. Um, and I feel like with you, obviously, you have your own experiences, but also working with Steve, who's done this for so long. What is – about being an agent, what is it that you feel like maybe fans don't understand or, or just don't get to see, um, you know, that, that you do? And I know there's probably a lot of things, but, you know, maybe just a few of the things that you do behind the scenes that, you know, maybe gets taken for granted or, or just is, is not even known by the average fan. Well, I think just the idea that it's the contract negotiation itself is probably the smallest part of our job because, In the NFL, guys are lucky, you know, to see contract two, contract three, and beyond that is, you know, pretty unheard of. But you don't, even when it's a really big contract, you know, like last year while we're working on Austin Hoopers, yeah, we did a lot of research for a couple years leading up to it, but the contract negotiation itself only lasts usually a few weeks. Sometimes it goes on months if, you know, things aren't, you know, where they want them to be with the team, but really what we provide clients is day-to-day support. And, you know, every agency and agent is different in what they offer and what they provide. And we're a full service, all encompassing agency. So I'm doing everything for these guys that basically helps their life become easier so that they can just focus on football. And so you work 24 seven and I, I don't have the luxury of saying like, it's the weekend. I don't have to answer my email or my phone calls because if something happens, you know, whatever's most important to that guy at that moment has to be the most important to me. It can't wait. So it's really not as glamorous as people think it is. You know, they see the big contracts and the big numbers and they see us post photos from the football games and the combine and it looks really cool. And don't get me wrong, it is, but it's a lot of hard work of, of a lot of like tedious and little things. 
Um, and that's how you keep your clients. Cause if you don't do those little things, you never make it to that big contract negotiation. They'll find somebody else who will do the little things. So that's really the biggest thing. And then just how um, stressful this job is. It's, it is a business where they're allowed, well, we can fire them and they can fire us at any time. It's completely at will. So you could do everything right in this business and still end up losing a client. So it's very stressful just knowing that there's always people waiting to steal your clients and try to take your clients away from you. And you just have to kind of trust that you're doing the best job that you can and that your clients are happy, but it's really, it's stressful. <laughs> it's a, it's a lot of work and it's, there's not really any, there's not a lot of moments that you just get to breathe and, and say, okay, I'm good for right now. Who was your first client, Molly? And, and, and how did that come to be? So my first client that I signed that what ended up on an active NFL roster was John LeGlue. He's with the Pittsburgh Steelers now. He's an offensive lineman, uh, primarily a tackle, but he can play every position on the line. Um, and he was out of Tulane um, coming off the season of 2018. So he was in the 2019 draft. He went undrafted, but has obviously stuck around in the league. So he was really the first guy that believed in me personally um, as an agent. I had been through a few drafts at that point with the company and I, in my vice president capacity, I work for all the clients. So I had done a lot of pre-draft. I basically had been, you know, the, the additional agent for the guys leading up to that. But this was the first guy that really believed in me personally. And I was the only one on the SRA. So that was my first client that ended up active. And then um, later on last year was the following draft. Um, I had Joshua Kelly drafted to the Chargers in the fourth round. So that was my personal first draft pick. How do you advise guys who maybe, you know, obviously want to make the most money they can, but then they're in a good situation where perhaps they'll get more playing time, bigger numbers can make more money down the line and, or they're just like happy where they're at and versus, you know, chasing every last dollar and maybe grass is greener, but you don't really know that's going to work out that way. I think it's similar to when you're, trying to um, help a guy decide if he should come out early or not, like into the draft, every player has to figure out what their priorities are. And that's going to be different for every single guy. So for a guy that, you know, maybe it's later in his career and he really wants to win a championship, he's probably, you know, going to be willing to take less money than um, someone who's, you know, just trying to take care of his family, knowing that they don't even know if they're going to, you know, make it to another contract. There's so many factors. If, if you're a guy that's, you know, just making it to your second contract and you, again, don't know if there'll be a third and you've had a really scratch and claw for every dollar, you're probably going to want to take the most money possible. And I think obviously as an agent, it's ideal if you can make all those priorities happy and you can make good money and you're happy and you're getting the playing time you deserve and you're competing for a championship. But Every year we sit down at the end of the year with our clients. Um, I mean, we sit down with them way before if they're going to be up, you know, and free. But every year, even when they're not free, we sit down with them and have end of year meetings just to check in with them and kind of see where they're at. Um, and, and we know if they're happy or not, you know, in their situation. But it's a good just kind of pulse check to see, like, what is important to you going into this next season. And that way, when they are free or they are up and, um, or they're, you know, unhappy later on, we kind of knew already going into it and you, you're prepared for, 
seeking out whatever it is that they want the most. So in the NFL Players Association, at least on the website, I think they list about 870 certified agents um, right around there, give or take. There are only, I believe, between 20 and 25 women who have an active client on a team. Obviously, I'm sure you'd love to see that number grow. Be great if it does. Um, do you find it to be an impediment for you? Do you, do you not at all? Do you, do you find it harder to uh, compete with? Obviously, I'm sure most of the time you're competing for clients, you're competing with men. Um, you know, is there, is there a barrier for you that you still see um, that, that's in an obvious way? Or do you look at it and say, yeah, look, obviously we have a long way to go for, for you know, equality, so to speak. But at the same point, I don't feel any different as a female agent compared to a male agent. I'm, I'm just curious your thoughts considering your unique perspective on it. Yeah. So I think that a lot of people always are very curious for obvious reasons about being a woman, but I think what hinders you more in this industry is your experience level. So even if I was a, ma a man in my same point of my career, it's difficult to sit in front of clients and say, I can do all these things for you when you only have this body of work to back that up. So I always say this industry is hard as a woman, but it's just hard, period. It's hard to sign clients, even when you are the big agent that everybody knows. It's still hard to sign clients because, again, every, every guy is different in what they're looking for. I know guys that purely want a business relationship. Whereas my agency is more relationship based where we get to know them and they're like our family members. So if they're looking for someone who just checks in, you know, once every couple of months and is only there when something's going wrong, our style of representation might not work for them because we're very hands-on, we're present. We really want to like get to know you. And so I say all that because you could be the best agent and have all these credentials backing you up, but if you're just not the right fit for a guy, you're not going to sign him. So it's difficult no matter what. And it's even more difficult when you're still trying to prove you can do certain things that maybe you don't have, you know, the laundry list of experience that other agents have. With that said, there's, I'm sure that I've been ignored and not gotten a meeting because I'm a woman, but I'm glad because if they don't even want to take the meeting, then we're not going to get along down the road and the right people buy into what I do as a woman, as a younger agent, and just, you know, where I'm at in my career. So it's tough, but even if I was a man in my same position, I would still be facing many of the same obstacles. And I also have found that once you, I always just tell people like, do the work. If you're prepared when you come to a meeting whether it's with a potential client or, you know, you're on the phone with a GM negotiating a contract or you're talking to Scott. Progressive presents today's to-do list for your cat. Take a nap. Meow till I get food. Get food. Walk away from food. Move to couch. See human. Give cold shoulder. Take a nap. Meow till I get your food. Your pet has a very busy schedule, so it's up to you to make sure they're protected. That's why Progressive Car Insurance covers your pets for up to $1,000 if they're ever in a car accident with you. Move to couch. Aggressively clean myself. Take a nap. Meow till I get food. Get coverage get for your pets with anti-auto policy from Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Coverage for cats and dogs included with the purchase of collision coverage subject to policy terms it's about a client that you hope that they bring in for a workout whatever you're doing if you're prepared and you know your stuff people will just kind of forget i think 
And then they just treat you as an agent moving forward, who is good at their job, man or woman. I obviously also benefited from working under Steve. Steve was super respected. Our agency was respected. So when I came in with him at the combine and senior bowl and stuff, people immediately gave me a level of respect knowing Steve doesn't work with people who, you know, don't know what they're doing or aren't good people and yada, yada. So it's, it's, a challenge, yeah, and obviously looking at the numbers, it's very clear that we are so far from it being normal to see a woman doing this. But I think in my experience, and I always like to say that because I know like other women haven't had the same experiences, I've been met with a lot of respect and um, you know, most of the front office people I've worked with have been fantastic and are rooting for me. And so I think as long as you keep you know, doing the work and stuff, it, people kind of just forget about the gender aspect. How much of your time is spent? You can buy this, but you can't buy that. <laughs> um, honestly, not a lot. I think a lot of guys go through like minor growing pains in the beginning of, you know, going from being a broke college student to having, you know, a million dollars in the bank or whatever it is. We actually at my agency don't get involved with the financial stuff. Like we don't do any financial advising, but if we see big things, like if you're a rookie and you buy two homes, we're going to be like, what's going on? <laughs> you don't even know if you're going to be there next year. So we, we only step in when it's really obvious that they're, they're not really paying attention. And hopefully they have a, a financial advisor we trust that we can say, hey, we all need to get you know, on the same page here. But for the most part, the guys are, are good. They, they're, they're pretty frugal at first because they're, they're scared of being that you know, next ESPN 30 for three. Right. Makes you know, sense. I, I want to just dive in real quick um, on, on the, the amount of money that it takes just to land clients in a lot of cases. Like that is one thing from talking to agents and even you know, personal trainers and whatnot over the last year that has shocked me is I don't think people realize, I know I didn't, and I report on the league every day for a living, that the amount of money that it costs just to, and this isn't the right term, but I think you'll know what I mean, just basically to sponsor a guy to go through the training, go into the draft, the pre-draft process. In some cases, it's six figures. Like it is, it is a ton of money. And I don't think people understand, like just to, just to even have a seat at the table, the financial implications are you're going to have to outlay a huge amount of money. And then hopefully the guy works out. Yeah. And you make that money back on the back end. I'd love to just hear your take, obviously being right in the mix. So that is probably something I should have mentioned to your first question, because it's so, it's such a backwards business model. And it is just so insane when you sit down and think about it, because typically in any other industry, you get hired and you start getting paid. Whereas we get hired and we start paying them. And so it's, it's really backwards and it is just a ton of risk and, you have to really know and have a good handle on where your client is actually projected to go. Not where you hope they go, not where the media say, no offense, <laughs> the media is <laughs> <None take>. <laughs> <laughs> But like, you have to really be tapped in with the GMs and scouts that you trust that are telling you, this is actually what we see in this guy. Obviously, you know, you hope that they improve that throughout the pre-draft process, but you have to, if you're smart in this business, you have to kind of go on the side of being conservative. With that said, it's very hard because 
the agents that there's a lot of new agents that come into this business with deep pockets behind them. And so they're able to just throw a bunch of money knowing that's, that's going to be their advantage. You know, like I talked about having a lack of experience and stuff, a lot of agents can get their foot in the door if they have a lot of capital behind them. And they're able to offer a guy who maybe we're only comfortable paying, you know, 40 grand on for the pre-draft season, but they come in and say, we'll give you 50 grand just as a stipend. And, you know, if you're, you get into that, if you get caught up in that, you'll go out of business so quickly. And, and our whole philosophy at my agency is we don't want to, you know, buy clients. We want guys to sign with us because they actually believe in what we do. And with that said, we do cover, you know, everything and, and we're not, we don't let them go without anything in this process, but there is kind of that fine line of where guys just start taking money because they're being offered it. I heard plenty of guys this year with the recruiting being so different with a lot of us not traveling and doing this all over Zoom. It was a lot harder to create those relationships where you would hope the relationship is why they choose you. And it was a lot of just a bidding war at the end. This agency is offering me 10 grand a month and this agency is offering me five. So I'm going to go with the 110 because I don't really know any different between the two based on the little interactions we were able to have with them. So it's probably the craziest part of this industry and the biggest barrier for people wanting to be in this industry because you absolutely have to have capital. You could be the best and brightest, but if you don't have the money up front, no, 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 like draftable client is going to sign with you because there's just too many options out there of, and everybody who's been in this business knows that's just the norm now. And I wish there would be a cap on it and there would be more transparency. So we would really know who's doing what, but as of now, it's kind of just open-ended and and you can mask it as so many things. So a lot of agencies just kind of go wild and they can, t- they can handle that because they, they're, you know, they have deeper pockets and they can wait longer to see that return on investment. Whereas smaller agencies, they, they need to know they're going to get at least paid back what they invest. <laughs> this ain't no level playing field. That's uh, yeah. yeah. What uh, I don't know how much you can speak this my, but I'm curious what have the conversations been behind the scenes as to how the NFL is going to handle everything that's going on with Deshaun Watson? Cause it's just, you know, if you're, if that's your client and you're trying to represent him, get, yet be transparent. I mean, it just seems like a whole big ball of mess here. And I feel like the NFL is kind of sitting back, but they've got to kind of protect their players here too. And be also, you know, respectful to, to uh, you know, how they want to, you know, their image at the same time. Yeah. I mean, it's, <laughs> It's a situation I don't, I don't think I want to say anything about because you, you hope like, you know, either way, however, it turns out to, once we learn the truth, it's a crappy situation. And I, I feel for everyone involved right now because everyone is being dragged through the mud right now. The people that are, you know, coming out and saying these things happen. And then also, of course, Deshaun Watson and, you, I just hope for everybody's sake, like whatever is the truth comes out and, and it's handled accordingly um, because someone is doing something wrong. <laughs> there, there, it's clear there's been a wrongdoing on, on someone's side. So I, I feel for his agent. I mean, I feel for him, but I feel for his agent right now. And I just can't imagine like sitting back and, you know, watching these, you know, headlines come out every day and in the, on top of everything that was already 
you know, happening with the team aspect of it, which obviously takes a backseat if all of these things are true. Um, but I, I really feel for his agent because I, it would, it would take um, pretty much all of your time every day because you can't let it get away from you and you have to figure out what the truth is. And, and taking Deshauna out of it, like just for yourself, trying to build clients, you want to get as many people as you can, but you also want to vet who you're bringing in, right? Yeah. So that on character, it's, it's probably like, we obviously we have to sign good football players. That's how we make money, but character is huge for us. And we found that not only knowing their character going into it, but the, it's the biggest reason we keep our agency mid-sized at the size that it's at, because like I said, we're very hands-on so that if I'm talking to you every day and I'm seeing you as many times as I can throughout the year, I feel like we then can see the red flags a lot sooner than um, if you're not present and you hope that, you know, if something is happening behind the scenes that could, you know, be not just career breaking, but if it is something that they need, you know, to get help with or something, you can get ahead of it and help them before it does just go into full-blown destruction mode. So last thing, um, and, and thank you so much. You've been so generous with your time today. Um, you signed a really big client, what, a month, month and a half ago? Your, uh, your new dog, Carlos. How, <laughs> how, are, how are things working out? And, and uh, do, do you think he's sticking around for a second contract? Yeah, he's been great. I think he's, yeah, he's sleeping on the couch right now. He's, um, I finally just realized that, you know, this pandemic, I should have, I fostered a dog a year ago and I should have just adopted because I thought it was lasting a month. And obviously we're here a year later. Um, so I finally just was like, you know, it's time. My, my life is not going to speed up as much as it was before anytime soon. So I figured it was a good time to get a dog acclimated into my home. And he's been the best. I mean, I, I grew up with dogs. My whole family has dogs. I was the last family member to actually get my own dog. So it was just time to, to finally pull the trigger. And he's been great. We have, you know, rescues have their issues, but he's, uh, he's settling in really well. And he's very, very spoiled. <laughs> I've got, uh, I don't know if I can get down there. I've got Luna, the dog who's, uh, check, checking out the podcast right now. So, you know, she's a huge fan of stacking the box and now a big fan of yours, Molly. So Love congratulations. <laughs> This is my bro this is my brother's dog who's giving me the side. Are we going out or are we just am I just being here as a prop? Yep. Sorry of my life. <laughs> 30 minutes, buddy. Again, uh Molly McMenemy, thank you so much for taking the time. Really appreciate it. Giving the uh giving the listeners a little bit of a of a look into what it's like to be an agent. It's not all just jetting around the country and going to football games. It's it's a lot of time, it's a lot of effort, it's a lot of 2 a.m. at the battle house in Mobile. Yeah. And uh and just and just hoping that uh, that the company keeps paying for the comps. Um, at least that's my case. So, but thank you so much for joining us and giving us more than a few minutes. And um, yeah, obviously, I'm sure we'll talk soon. Thanks to Molly. Hope you enjoyed the conversation. I know I did. Super well thought out, Vertoram. How'd you get somebody so smart on this podcast? Uh, pure accident. Someone who hasn't uh, judged me for who I am yet. Now, listen, Molly is cool. I've gotten to know a ton of agents over the last couple of years. I'd say literally probably about 100, 150. And um, Molly's right at the top.
I think she's going to be a superstar in the league. I really do. I'm not saying that because we're friendly. I, I just, I really genuinely think she's one of the smarter people um, that I've met. And, uh, you know, listen, she, I, I respect the way she goes about her business. You know, some of these people, you feel like they'd step over their mother to, uh, to, to pick up a $5 bill. Uh, I think she goes about it the right way. I think, I think Carrick Sports goes about it the right way. I have a lot of respect for Steve, who's, who's become somebody I know as well. And, and you know, I'll have a drink on the, on the road with. So, uh, super happy she came on, and I thought she gave a really good insight into how things work behind the scenes in the league. Yep, no doubt. Uh, I appreciated all of it. Let's do four quick topics to wrap up the show today. We appreciate you, as always, listening to Stack in the Box. Liking, subscribing, leaving a review is huge. Uh, all right, here are the four topics. Number one, do the trades that we started the show with and uh, it kind of – rattled around the NFL world over the weekend. Does that mean we're going to see more deals going down here in the top five as uh, we've had the first shuffle? Is there going to be a, a, a reverberation here, Vertoram? I'm thinking not, but but you've got it here, so maybe you think uh, some teams are going to get real nervous here and perhaps try to move up. I think we will. I think we will. Because I don't know what the hell the Falcons are doing it for. They could take a quarterback. They could move They you know, out, of the, out of the pick. Um, they could take Sewell out of Oregon as the left tackle. He's 20 years old. The kid is a stud. Um, I think teams like Carolina, Denver, maybe New England, those teams are going to be desperate, man, because you start looking at the board. You're going top three, one, two, three quarterbacks, right? So if you think there's five guys, you got to be thinking Carolina's at eight. Um, Denver, I think it's 10, if memory serves. My, my brain is jumbled right now, but I, I think the, the Broncos De- are 10. De- Denver's at nine. They're Denver's at nine, okay. Dallas is 10. Detroit right now is at eight. Um, and, Carolina, seven. And then and Carolina is seven. Okay. So, so that's – Carolina's uh, seven. Yeah, Denver's nine. But, like, if you're you – know, I, I know, I know uh, New England's in the teens. Like, if you are the early teens, if you're going – to get a quarterback, you're probably trying to trade up at least to five with the Bengals, like a bare minimum, right? You you are trying to get up there, and if you're the Bengals, by the way, you you should do it. You you need ammunition. You're not taking a quarterback. Like if you're the Bengals, all day every day, give me a first round pick and come on down. Um, but I, I do. I think Denver, Carolina, New England, the Bears. Look. There's a part of me that says, how could the Bears do it? But there's also a part of me that says, it's the Bears, and they're unbelievably desperate, and I could absolutely see Ryan Pace just offering every possible thing he has to get up there and take Justin Fields. I could. Hey, something's got to happen in Chicago. Underdog Fantasy is the fastest-growing fantasy app and easiest place to play fantasy sports. Just jump on underdogfantasy.com or download the app, draft your team, and that's it. And if drafts aren't your thing, they also have a pick'em game where you can win 20 times your money in a single night. Use promo code RADIO, and Underdog will double your first deposit when you sign up with up to $100 in bonus cash. Deposit $100? Get $100 free. That's promo code RADIO. Terms and conditions apply. And although they are tweeting out QB1. Oh, I saw that. My God. I mean, it's like an all-you-can-eat character assassination. Just what... I, why? Why would you tweet that? Uh, it, it's truly incredible um, that that was the Bears social media QB one. Like they want Bears fans to be excited about 
Andy Dalton. I mean, what? Come on, man. Don't do that to Bears fans. We've had enough. Uh, all right. Jaron Reed, uh, Kansas City, leaving the Seahawks defensive line here. What do we think, Vertoram? Is this, is this a huge impact move? I think it's really a very helpful one for the Chiefs, and I'll break down why. So I talked to some league sources the night of the deal, just Sunday night if memory serves. Um, the expectation in the league was that Reed was going to get traded by Seattle. He was not going to have to be cut. In fact, I talked to one exec who said, quote, he was shocked. Um, Reed's 28. 2018, he had 10 and a half sacks. Last year at six and a half. He's a really good young player inside. He is not Aaron Donald. He is not Fletcher Cox. He's not Chris Jones. But he's on that second tier. He's a, he's a really nice disruptive pass rusher who can also really be a bull against the run inside, anchor against a double. He's going to get a lot of one-on-ones in the Chiefs defense because he's going to be playing next to Chris Jones. And Chris Jones beats doubles all the time. Other than Donald, nobody beats doubles better than Chris Jones does. And Reed has feasted in his career one-on-one. He's going to see that constantly with the Chiefs. Also going to make it harder to put extra attention on Frank Clark. So I think it's got a domino effect. I also think that Jones is going to play a little bit on the edge. He's going to play outside some on early downs. You're going to have a guy with 310 pounds who can move on the edge now at times. The Chiefs, that is going to be a very impactful signing for them. I'm not trying to make it out like they just signed the Hall of Famer, but He's going to he's he's going to make his position better but he's going to make the guys around him better because teams are going to have to play them differently. So yeah, I think it, it was one one person in the league termed it a steal uh that he went to Kansas City one year 5 million. Most people thought he would get 2 years. So kudos to the Chiefs who had a slow off season at this point, but that's a big signing. I brought up uh, Deshaun Watson with Molly earlier cuz it just is such an enormous story in the NFL right now and as an agent, it's like, how would you even remotely try to, you know, deal with uh, your client? 19 civil lawsuits now have been filed against Deshaun. This is just stunning stuff. And Nick Casario, the Texans general manager, is saying, quote, it's certainly troubling and something they're taking, quote, very seriously. Do you have any idea where this is at, Ferdram, other than the, uh, the horrifying on-the-surface stuff that we're seeing? And, you know, it ain't good, that's for sure. No, and I think, you know, we – well, you're right. You know, you did ask Molly about it. We talked about it. But I'll just say, look, we are at 19 civil suits, uh, potentially more coming, but 19 certainly right now, all represented uh, by Mr. Busby, the, the lawyer down in Houston. Not surprisingly, you're not hearing anything out of Watson. I'm guessing that's legal counsel's advice. Usually you're told, almost always you're told not to say anything, self-incrimination, all that. Um Jenny Ventress at SI wrote a really, really harrowing, but a very important and, and terrific story on a woman who went by the alias of Mary for the story, who is a masseuse in the Houston area, um, who really spoke on her experiences massaging Deshaun Watson and how things got inappropriate really quickly, at least according to her, uh, to her side of things. Watson did not comment for the story. Neither did his, his attorney other than just to say that they weren't commenting. And she is not one of the 19, by the way, um, who has filed a civil suit. So I don't know how that's going to end, but I thought Molly put it perfectly. No matter how it ends, it's just sad. It's sad. Whether Watson's guilty of one, 19, none of these things. I mean, any way you slice it, again, I thought Molly put it best. I, I'm just rooting for the truth. 
and then kind of play it out from there. But boy, it is, it's one of these stories. You, you wake up, you're like, man, it's bad. And then you wake up three days later, you're like, man, it got worse. Like it just keeps getting worse. And that's where we are. I did. Uh, listen, you never know anybody. And again, we don't know the full story, but I, you know, let's be honest when you get 19 civil lawsuits and stories like the one. In Minnesota, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's hard. It's getting harder and harder to deny what's going on right here. And you know, you, it's easy to jump to the amount of entitlement and uh, that, that athletes have and think that they're completely invincible and can do whatever they want. Uh, but the other side of it for me, you know, in this particular case, this dude was like straight perfect. I mean, he was, you know, he, he was so interesting to listen to after games. He was such an amazing competitor on the field. Um, dynamic at, at Clemson, dynamic in the NFL. Um, so it's just brutal. And, and I'm not trying to have like, you know, if, if this stuff is true, have like some big sympathy parade for him either, because he did this if, if, he, if, if it comes out that way. But it just sucks. Um, and it sucks for everyone on all sides. So, uh, but it just keeps on getting, you know, I don't know, 19 is, is, is not nine. It's not three. It's not two. It's not one. It's, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty incredible Big what's numbers. going on. Yep, Big it numbers. is. All right, let's wrap up here. Do you believe the Cowboys should be favored in the NFC East? Uh, Matt Verderam, you, 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 you jumping on the now happy Dak Prescott led Dallas Cowboys. I, I feel like they shouldn't be. And by the way, I wrote this down because they are favored by the way, they are favored currently. Um, and Vegas is a futures bet to, to win the division. I like Washington's roster a lot more. I just don't know if I believe in Fitzy there enough to, to make it happen. He's fun and he's like a character, but there's also reasons he's back at quarterback. So I don't know. I, I always believe in, in the quarterback, but man, Washington's got a much better defense, a much better coach. I even like a lot of their weapons now. They have Samuel and McLaurin and Gibson. Like I, I kind of like Washington or the Giants more. Like I, 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 I and I, it's weird. I, I never want to go against the best quarterback, and Dak is easily the best quarterback in that division. But I feel like he's surrounded by such garbage in so many spots with the Cowboys. That I, I get why they're favored, but I, they're not my, they're not my pick right now. Give me the Giants, baby. Come on, that, Joe. That's Judge. where I am. That's where I am. Like, I, I am. I actually think the Giants, like, Danny Dimes kind of terrifies me, but uh, what the hell? You know, I, I, all right. You know, they got they got Galladay. Like, they're better. They got Saquon coming back, right? Saquon coming back should be a big deal. I, I Listen, I, I don't know. that The division's wide open, I yeah. uh, clearly. All right. Uh, we'll, we'll wrap it on up here. I know you're going to get your vaccine. So good luck with that. And congratulations on uh, being a media member that can now get a vaccine. Uh, so enjoy that with Patrick Allen. Uh, thanks again to Molly McMenemy. I said that right, right? You did uh, there. That was awesome. And, and hey, uh, hey, before we go and I yeah. got to get the vaccine. Okay. That is kind of my news of the day, but damn it. Carm, don't bury it. The Knicks. In the 4-5 matchup as we speak, a, a trash game against the Heat. I mean, my God, that game was hideous. But the Knicks, they went up to Milwaukee in a game of backups. No, like Nobody played for the Bucs, but the Knicks were also missing Julius Randle and Mitchell Robinson got hurt immediately and Reggie Bullock was out. The Knicks somehow won because Alec Burks is scoring to 23 points a game or something like that the last two weeks. It's been unbelievable coming off the bench. Uh, 
the Knicks hanging in, and even though they lost, it didn't really hurt them that much because the Pacers lost at home to the Wizards, and the Celtics lost at home to the Pelicans. Fournier played like 32 minutes for the Celtics, didn't score a point. So I got to say, the Knicks, just, if we get into that 4-5 matchup, Carm, got a shot. Got a shot to win a series. <laughs> we'll get absolutely killed after that. But have a shot. Hey, it's, it's all up in the air. My guy D. Rose is back. It had been a uh, significant. It had been a month off with COVID. It's been great. So he he had he had thirteen against the Bucks. He had sixteen against the Heat. He's uh he's and, three for five from the three point line in that Miami game. So and getting last it, thing, getting it, yeah. Opening. I sorry to cut you off, but last thing, opening day is on Thursday. I as an A's fan, you as a Cubs fan, are the Cubs going to make the playoffs? No chance. No chance. I I I do. I am a seller on the Cubs and their pitch to contact mediocre rotation and their uh, vacant bullpen. And I don't trust their offense either. The Cubs, I am a seller all day. Okay. I am, I am wildly different on the A's. I, I know that come October, they'll absolutely blow it and lose in the first round, but I think they win the West. Uh, they won it last year. Obviously that's a weird year, but I, I got to say their roster is the deepest they've had since the years of Hudson, Mulder and Zeta. They're, there's not one guy in that roster, and I mean this genuinely, that like, oh, he stinks. There's not one. There's some guys that aren't great, but there's not one guy. I mean, they're going to have Stephen Piscotty hitting eighth. Like two years ago, at 85 RBIs. He's going to be hitting eighth in the, in the order. So I'm excited. I think they win the division, and then I'll get my hopes up big time, and then they'll blow it immediately to some team they should beat in the ALDS. But I'm, I'm, I'm ready to get hurt, and I'm looking forward to Thursday night, A's, Astros. Let's get it on. That'll do it for stacking the box. Um, you know, nobody on this podcast uh, knows my friend, Mike Jacobson, uh, who passed away, by the way, recently. And I just wanted to give a shout out to uh, the Jackal right now uh, out in wherever he may be. A uh, great man who helped me a ton in this business. It was just a great friend for the Rams. So, uh, Mike Jacobson, we miss you. Thank you for all uh, you did. And, um, you know, you're, you're, you were, uh, you are a, a winner of a human being, and uh, you're, you will be missed. We will see you next week on Stack in the Box. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.